We're getting ready to uh, crack this meeting open. It is 11-11. That means transition time. Whoa, I just dumped water everywhere. Yes, it's officially 11-11. And there is so much good stuff happening. I am excited. I am excited. You guys might have to give us a little update today, too. So we'll give everyone another second or two. Are there people... Losing, I'm, I'm losing my water up here. All right. Is this it? Is this everybody? You guys can go ahead and sit for just a minute, but we will, we will not disappoint you. We will let you stand back up and jump around, worship if you want. Jump around. Jump, jump, jump around. <laughs> All right. Is everyone in the room? Do I have kids anywhere? Okay, everyone's here. Good. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. It's going to be a good day. A lot of good stuff's perking. We got Dave and Sharon Smith are going to bring the word today. It's been a while. And they're awesome, man. I just like last week, I just sprung it on them. I thought I really would like to get them back up because it's, I don't want them to get rusty. And I know they're packing goods. And you know when you pack stuff away and you leave it in the garage for a long time, it starts to get musty and spiders and stuff. We don't want them to get musty. Uh, we want to keep you fresh because you, you got the goods. So that's going to be fun. I wanted to make sure I didn't forget this announcement. So Sunday, August 4th, I really want to strongly encourage you guys to, to put it on your calendar. Hopefully you can be here. If you can't, you know, obviously we understand but Charlie and Lori Gosler are a couple that Tammy and I met five years ago. The conference that we went to when we were in a, in a wandering season, trying to find our tribe, trying to figure out what God had for us, and we, we were seeking after a prophetic word. We hadn't been in a prophetic environment really ever, um, you know, a little snippet of prophetic once in a great while but nothing ever major and it was after we had done some Bethel schooling and we went down to this conference at Galen's church in Oregon and that is the place where Tammy and I got wrecked like we got whacked by God's presence and that was the place the first night we were there the young lady from Bethel said I hear God say that you're here for clarity direction and you are to go plant that church I could have fallen out but I didn't because I'm an oak tree. I don't fall. My roots are planted. Anyway, so at that conference, amongst other just awesome things God was doing, the, the presence of God, the angelic presence in the place, it was just wild. I had never felt something so intensely wonderful like at that time. And Charlie uh, took a, a slot for preaching and it was a morning session. And when he started talking about his story of being an orphan, like he grew up with wealthy mom and dad in California, but dad died when he was a little boy and mom ended up killing herself with drugs and alcohol, you know, barbiturates, pills and, and liquor. And then he was an orphan, but he still had his siblings. And he'll tell this story, but he was sharing this and he was talking about his journey with God and his encounter with God the Father. 
And when he was preaching that message, it was so quiet, and I thought I was going to lose it. I could feel my chest shaking and heaving, and I had to hold back, just blurting out. I, I was going to start wailing. God was, like, showing me stuff. Through someone preaching, I had this, like, a, a momentary vision of, of God the Father and his hands in the delivery room when I was being born, and I could see this baby coming out. It messed me up. I couldn't even talk about it for a long time. I'm, right now, I'm just trying to hold it back. But I was so shaken inside realizing that, that the Father, like I've, I've walked with Jesus for years, for decades, and I knew of the Father, and of course I, I know the Holy Spirit's presence in my life, but I always had a hard time relating to God the Father. I didn't realize I had father wounds, and those wounds don't necessarily come from natural dad. You know, sometimes they come from spiritual leaders in your life, men in your life that are in places of authority. All of that stuff. I didn't know how to relate to Father God. But, but Daddy God cracked something open in that message. And when they lined everyone up for impartation and I started seeing people fall down, I thought, is this going to be the time I fall out? Because I've still, to this day, I've never been slain. You guys can pray for me later. You got, you got that touch? You got that fire? <laughs> I feel the presence very mightily. I'm a mailman that feels the presence of God sometimes, and I'm just like dizzy drunk out there, but I don't fall over. I know how to handle my spiritual liquor, I guess. But When Charlie was going down the line and I knew my turn was coming, he put his hand on me, and it was like the inner child inside of my rib cage wanted to come out, and I just lost it. Everything, <laughs> whoo, everything that was, was inside of there, and that was just the beginning. So anyway, Charlie and Lori, they kind of, they would say this, they kind of fell in love with us as a, as a couple. They just loved on us at, during that conference. They prayed for us. They go way back to the Toronto outpouring they're very connected in with, with the airport. Well, it's not the airport vineyard, but Catch the Fire um, Airport Vineyard Church in Toronto. And, uh, and they're a deep part of Global Legacy. They've got a really rich history and heritage. And it's finally time. I just, I asked him, I was like, what do you think about you guys coming up here and, and ministering on a Sunday? And they're like, yeah, we're there. So that Sunday, they're going to uh, come in on Saturday. We'll see if we can get a little uh, thing going, maybe a dessert or something Saturday night. But it's going to be really sweet. And the message he preached that Sunday, that uh, during the Global Legacy Conference, that messed me up so good, he was encouraged by leaders to put that into a book form. And so he actually released it this year. It's a, a book called, what is it called? I... Yeah, reconciled. Uh, something about healing the orphans, orphan heart. So he he really talks in depth about this orphan spirit thing. You know, in the church, it's an epidemic. We have orphans in the church. They don't know that they are a part of the family of God. That they are adopted into the family, and now God declares them son and daughter. That is powerful. When you start to not only embrace it mentally but you allow that truth to become how you walk out your relationship with God it, it changes everything everything changes 
You are not a slave. You are no longer slaves to sin. You are not just servants. Yes, we serve God. We serve our Father, but he says you're a son, you're a daughter. He says, come boldly into my throne room and receive mercy and grace. I've said this a couple times recently. Servants and slaves don't go boldly into a throne room. When you do that, the, the soldiers come, and you might just lose your head at that moment, maybe outside of the throne room, but they'll take you out back. But a son and a daughter, you get access to the Father. You get access to the throne room. So why don't you guys stand? Got that announcement out of the way. I don't want to like start preaching now and take up the Smith's time here. They got some good stuff. No Russian. No Russian this morning. If you start speaking Russian, that's okay. But no rushing. Awesome. Well, we're going to crack this worship time open with some declarations. You guys good with that? Yeah. There's something about activating your voice. You have a voice. God created you in his image and in his likeness. The one who spoke the worlds into existence. The one who created the universe The Bible says you were made in the image of God and the power of life and death is in your tongue. You have the ability to speak things and things actually happen with your words. Words are important. Won't get into a message. Maybe the Smiths, the wordsmiths will hit on some of that this morning. They know their stuff when it comes to declarations. But we're going to make some declarations this morning. I would encourage you as Ethan's got it up there already, let's make these declarations with, with all of your heart, guys. Just lock in and speak it out and declare it with faith over yourself to God. You guys ready? All right, here we go. So, Father God, as Legacy City Church and sons and daughters of God, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declarations, impartations, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revelation. Thank you, Father, as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessings, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven and see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Let's worship. Just go ahead and keep worshiping. Keep your eyes closed. If you want to sit down, it's okay. Jesus, we just worship you. We worship you, Lamb of God. We exalt you in this place, Lord. We establish a throne of praise for you to come and inhabit. Individually, each one of us, we lift up our song, our words of thanksgiving and praise. Because you are so worthy. You're so wonderful. Worthy Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive honor and glory and power and might and praise and dominion forever and ever. We welcome you in this place, King Jesus. 
Yeshua. We welcome you in this place. We exalt the name of Jesus over our lives, over our circumstances. There is no name more powerful than the name of Jesus. We exalt that name. We speak the name of Jesus over our lives. We praise the name of the Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you alone are Lord of all. We declare today that you are Lord of our lives. You are Lord Jesus over my life. My heart is yours. You can have it all. Everything that I am, my life, my dreams, my, my family, my belongings, my days ahead, my past, the present, I give it all to you, Jesus. We give it all to you. We give you our past today. We say, let the past be covered in the blood of the lamb. Let the, the bad things, the things that the enemy brought in, the things of darkness that maybe triumphed in seasons, we just put a blanket over those things, a blanket of the blood of Jesus. And we say, we forget what is behind us. We appreciate and we treasure the good. We treasure the kingdom that you were building and establishing in our lives. And we will take those things, we will take the treasure, and we will move forward with you, Jesus. We will forget what is behind us, and we will press on towards the goal for which you have called us heavenward. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We lock eyes with you, King of Kings. Your eyes are like flames of fire, burning with love for your bride. We lock eyes with you and we, we receive your ravaging love for us. We receive it and we say, let your love come in like a fire this morning and let fear be broken off in Jesus' name. All fear must go now in Jesus' name. I felt like this morning the Lord was saying there's some people that are struggling with a spirit of fear. You may not recognize that it is a spirit, that you are in a spiritual battle, but fear does not come from your father. He did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power and love and self-control or a sound mind. So this morning we speak soundness over your thoughts. We speak peace to the raging seas inside of your thoughts and mind and in your spirit. And we release the presence of God, the shalom of heaven over you now. If that's you, just receive that this morning. Just say to Jesus, I let go of the spirit of fear. I no longer partner with it. I release it now. I loosen that thing and I receive. I bind myself towards the king of peace, the prince of peace. We bind ourselves to him this morning. Just keep your eyes closed a minute longer, guys. I want to read this over us. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and deadly curse, any deadly curse. See this this morning. His massive arms 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have, a, have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Do not fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. I just feel like we need to receive that this morning. That you need to receive the invitation to go deep into the presence of God. He is your personal Savior. He is your Lord. I cannot make him Lord over your life. I cannot force you to go into his presence. It is an invitation for you and me each individually to connect with God through the blood, through the, the cross of Jesus Christ, to receive what Jesus paid for by saying yes to Jesus, yes to his lordship, yes to his reign and rule over your life. When you say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and the ruler and the master of my life. I want my life to be so hidden and deep inside of you that it's no longer me living, but you living your life through me. When you give him and surrender your life to him in that way, he is inviting you to a relationship with the Father. He is inviting you to intimacy with himself. He wants to wrap you up in his massive arms. He wants to remove fear and doubt and lies. He wants to speak the truth because the truth will set you free. He's the God of truth and he speaks the truth. This morning, just receive what he's releasing. Say yes to him. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Father. In Jesus' name. Guys, so we're gonna roll things along here. I know that the morning is slipping away fast, and I want to give the Smiths plenty of time. But I want to make sure that if anyone has a prophetic word or a a word of encouragement that you feel is for now, you know, it's easy to say a lot of stuff that God is doing. We could just go on forever with all the good things that God does. But if you have a specific word for right now, I want to invite you to come share it. And I'll have the Smiths come at the same time. So just come line up if you've got something. Testimony, encouragement. Are you guys going to sit enthroned this morning? So as they're getting their thrones ready, because... They are kings and priests, as well as the rest of us. I just, yeah, you guys are kings and priests. I want to share something really quick, and I want to use this as an encouragement. 
Each one of us are called to full-time ministry. I'll start with that. Full-time ministry doesn't mean what these guys are getting ready to do or what we are planting in this place. Full-time ministry is what you were commissioned to when you said yes to Jesus. You are a king and a priest, a minister of God Most High. You, are, you have been ordained by God to be an official minister of the gospel of peace. It's for all of us. The separation between the church, the, the laity and the clergy is no longer necessary. It never was. That was something that needed to be torn down. So we are all in the ministry. With that said, I, I want to encourage you, in my workplace at the post office, God has highlighted people to me over the months, and I don't always ask him, I don't always inquire him what, what he would like to speak. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just don't. I'm busy, I'm working, and, and I'm trying to relate with what he's speaking at the same time as doing functions. You guys all know what I'm talking about because we all do that. You live out your day-to-day activities, and yet you're trying to connect with the Father. You're trying to hear what Holy Spirit is speaking. I had a, a co-worker highlighted, a young man, and I thought his name was George, but apparently it's Jordan. And I, I thought it was George. And so I, I, I heard God tell me, I want you to give him a prophetic word. I know nothing about the guy. I just see him throwing parcels in the morning with all the other clerks. He's not a mail carrier. He's a, you know, a clerk. And so I prayed into it. I looked up the name George. And <laughs> anyway, I typed up. I want to encourage you guys to do this. If God is highlighting someone to you, Talk to the Father. Talk to Jesus. Have a conversation. What would you like me to say to them? Give me some things. Use your smartphone if you need to. Take a piece of paper. Jot down stuff. If you get a scripture, if you get a picture, whatever it is, God gave me a whole couple paragraphs of dialogue for this guy. And I did not know if I was going to have an opportunity to share it or not. But he, I, I know he told me to prepare it to give it to him. And so I had it ready and he was at work and I said, well, okay, it's so busy in here. You're going to have to make this the perfect timing. My truck just happens to be where I load right by the smoking section. There's another smoking section where he usually sits, which is about 20 feet away. And I'd have to really shout to get his attention. There were some smokers when I was loading my truck. I was like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to orchestrate this he decided to come up the stairs and sit with the other smokers. And then the two guys got up and they're like, well, anyway, blah, blah, blah. And they walked off and there he was, this close, this close. I'm like, okay, no excuse now. And so I was like, hey, your name's George, right? I swear he said yes. Then when I sat down, he's like, it's Jordan. And I, I told him, I said, you know, Sometimes God highlights people to me. I don't even know if I said God. I just said, sometimes people get highlighted to me, and so I inquire. Uh, it's a spiritual activity. I inquire about them, and, and I ask for information that God would give me. And would you be interested to know what I got for you since you were highlighted? And he said, yes. Long story short, after reading it to him, he, he liked it. He thought it was something he could receive, and he went on to tell me his name was Jordan, Jordan Caleb, and 
His mom and dad are Christians. He was raised in this stuff. But he no longer wanted anything to do with that. He says, I'm an atheist. But he, but he received the word. So I, I put it out on our church messenger group, the name. I didn't tell them that he was an atheist. I didn't give an age. I just said his name is Jordan Caleb. You guys know what to do. And I sent every one of those words to him. I'm telling you, God is on this guy's life. I would, I would guess with probably 100% accuracy, his mom and dad are praying for him in this season right now. Be encouraged. Your prayers are not unheard. Your intercessions for those that are lost. Ask God to send people. Ask the, the Lord of the harvest to send out harvesters, to send out workers. The harvest is ripe. So with that said, I just want to encourage you guys. I was shaking. I was, didn't know what to expect. And I don't usually tremble. I think there was something that was projecting. It was just really interesting. But he was very receptive. You just never know. So anyway, we're going to hand it over to these guys. You can clap for them if you want. Uh, be <laughs> well, he was sitting in the smoking section, so you know he needs help. Just kidding. <laughs> That's one of those, uh, the speck in his eye and the log in your own. Now, if we had to name this message, I guess it would be uh, know who you are in Christ when you pray. Um, you know, the early church, it was growing leaps and bounds and going to town. Not that it isn't nowadays, because it really is. This, is. this is the outpouring. And we're, in, we're able to enjoy this. Um, but what's happened is, is over the years, um, some, I would call it religion, um, thoughts of man, um, habits of man have creeped into some of the beliefs we have as to who we are in Christ. I can remember times when I heard messages that we were nothing but worms to God, to ants, we're like ants. You know, if he wanted to, he could just step on us, you know, and, and uh, I think I was fairly young then. I remember thinking, geez, man, that doesn't sound good at all. I don't know if I want to be involved in this. So it's probably why I kind of went run amok in my teens, but anyway, so. So, um, so we are not preachers, uh, but we do feel like we are ministers, you know, like, like you said, to, to just the people who are around us. The Lord's put people in our lives, um, and so we're just open to that. So this, we give Scott um, verses saying, hey, this is what, you know, this is what we want to speak on. But for us, it's really an ongoing conversation. So even though we have, we said, hey, we, you know, we were looking at Colossians 2, uh, 9 and 10. You know, the conversation continues. Oh, thanks. Awesome, Ethan, thanks. Um, so even though the, converse, the, the conversation continues and it seems to grow and um, the more we talk about it, it's 
I'm sure you've heard this about, you know, you're chewing on a piece of meat and you're just, you're deriving all the goodness out of it. And we just keep, you know, we just keep focusing on these verses, talking about them and, and the Lord just seems to bring light. So um, we definitely started out with prayer, but it, it has uh, kind of taken on a life of its own. And back to the religious aspect, um, I know a lot of times man, preachers, nothing against them, but people ask hard questions sometimes. And unlike Scott, who gives a great answer, I don't know, it's a mystery. A lot of them feel that, you know, they have to make something up in order to fit what's happening in this person's life when, you know, a lot of times this person is, is just moving and growing and hasn't reached a certain point yet. So what we want to do is we want to tell you who you are in Christ. Okay, now we're ready. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Colossians. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. All the fullness. And you... I guess I'm not supposed to point, am I? And you have been made complete in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. That's us. That's us. We are in Christ. We are not worms. We are not ants. We are not, God isn't waiting to step on us or to punish us. We are in Christ. We have been made complete. There was a price that was paid a steep price. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. Mm -hmm. We are in Christ. You are in Christ. So in verse 9, it says, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. So in Christ is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And in us dwells that presence of Christ. So when we were talking about this, I was like, yeah, these are great verses. These are great thoughts, great ideas. But how does this help us? Like, you know, when we're broke down on the side of the road, how does this help us, you know, when we're having, you know, issues in relationships? And um, for us, at least in, in our lives, for me, I've learned that, you know, I just simply have to be aware of the presence of, of Jesus. I have to be aware of that presence of the Holy Spirit and just yield to his wisdom, yield to his leading, his guiding. He could send an angel to come and help me on the side of the road, and I'm good with that. He could send... He could send somebody, a believer, he could send somebody who's a, an atheist, a heathen to help you. But um, just to be aware of his presence and his, his ever-present help um, so that you, you know that you're never, ever on your own. And um, thanks. <laughs> It says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Right. So, um, so there will come those moments where we do feel overwhelmed and outnumbered, and um, but 
if we just remember that in the, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in us, we, we, we may be one, but we will outnumber an army. Could you put up First Peter? But you are a chosen people, chosen, not, you didn't hit the lottery and it's like, oh yeah, going to heaven. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. To proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are going to proclaim it because you're going to be so full of, of the Lord that his goodness is just going to overflow. It's like a river. He always talks about rivers. And rivers, what happens when a river gets full? It overflows. And that's what happens with us. We overflow. And that's why we proclaim the virtues of him. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So don't think that you have to be perfect. If we were perfect, Christ would not have had to come. We are in Christ. He, the Lord is seeing us through Christ. Yes. <laughs> we were talking about this and I said... Um, I said, yeah, it's like when the father looks at us, he puts on his, uh, you know, you've heard of rose-colored glasses. Well, he puts on his Christ-colored glasses, and he's like, there you are, and he just scoops you up and hugs you and kisses you. So that's how he sees, that's how the father sees us. You know, when we see ourselves, we see that you know, we're broken, we see that we've got issues, we see that, you know, we, you know, we had these plans for our lives, we haven't amounted to anything. This is the world's view of us. But the Father, he's like, oh, there you are. And he's just, he embraces us. He is joyful, delighted, happy to, that we've come into his presence. And, um, as we were talking, I said, yeah, remember when we were, this was when our grandson was three years old. It was early in the morning for him. So it was probably around 6.30, 7 o'clock, and he's, he comes out of the bedroom, and he's wearing nothing, but it's either, it was either cowboy boots or rain boots. <laughs> that was all he was wearing, messy hair, and you know, hi, Nana. And then he just, he walks outside into, um, their, their uh, front yard is kind of like a courtyard. So it's, it's enclosed and it's private. And he's like, hi, Nana. And he just walks outside and there is a, a piece of chocolate on a bench. And the bench has sand on it. And the chocolate is kind of like got dew on it from the night before. So not, you know, not clean. And um, he, he stands, he picks up the chocolate and he looks at the chocolate and he's like, I love chocolate. <laughs> and, and he eats it. And 
you know, me being the Nana I am, I am not going to stop him. I'm just going to enjoy the moment. And, you know, that's how we are. That's how the Father sees us. He's like, come, just come in. I don't want you to think you have to brush your hair, wash your face, you know, get on your best clothes. Had my grandson done that, I would not have enjoyed the moment. He would have just been coming in out of obedience and, and trying to be right. But he just came in in his little messy self and his little naked self. And it was just a beautiful moment where the Lord said, this is how, this is how I want you to come to me. Don't try to get yourself together. Just come in. Can we have Second Peter up? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through these, he has given us his precious and magnificent promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Now that you have escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, the Lord cleans us up as we go. It's a journey from start to finish. You know, usually when we come into Christ, it's not like we've been saved already. And, you know, usually, well, I mean, some people get saved, I guess, talking about, you know, when they're two and three years old. But I wasn't one of those. You know, I went through my stuff, you know, my, anyway, <laughs> we won't go into that. We went through some stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he cleans us up. It's like, it's like he, it's like the Lord told Sharon. We, he wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us to. He calls us his kids, and that's what we want with our own kids. We want a relationship. He doesn't want to just hear from us, you know, when stuff broke down, or you know, hey, can you come over and fix my car? It's broke. You know, hey, my house is springing a leak. Can you come over and fix it? You know, he wants to hear it from us all the time. He wants this relationship back and forth. I told Scott earlier what he wants because he sent Jesus that we would have a relationship with the Father. Yeah. Just like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they talk with, with the Father God all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to communicate with him, not just when things go wrong, but if things go wrong, you can ask him. Mm -hmm. It says sometimes we, we have not because we ask not. So it's like yesterday. I was feeling crummy. I felt horrible. You know, I think a flu bug was trying to get on me. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, could you heal my mortal body? And then I spoke to my body, body. Come into the subjection of the word. Mm -hmm. And within what, an hour or two? Mm -hmm. yeah. Hour or two, I was good. And I'd had that since the day before. So know that he wants to give you good things mm -hmm. because we are his kids. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the... Uh, one of the things about um, when you're in your walk with the Lord and, and he's, he's telling you hard things, 
he's like, I want you to forgive. And I'm like, oh, no, Lord, no, not, not them. I'll forgive. I'll forgive so-and-so and so-and-so, but no, not them. And he's like, well, I love you, baby, and I, I want you to come up here. Um, but this unforgiveness is holding you down. And so um, I did, I said, well, Lord, I need to, you know, to be able to share this, you know, give me a picture of what I can, because I like to share pictures and stories. Um, and so if you've ever seen a hot air balloon, when they're getting the hot air balloon ready, you know, they've got all these different weights um, on the balloon to keep it down while they fill it with, uh, with the hot air. And so I was like, oh, thanks, Lord. You know, I see this hot air balloon. And then it's not just, you know, it, it looks like there's a few weights hanging over this, this basket. And he shows me that there's so many weights that you can't even see the basket. And so he said, I'm not asking you to forgive, to punish you. You know, I'm not asking you to be kind, to go against your will. He said, I want you to be free of these weights so that you can come up. So, so in the training, the training is not about causing us pain. The training is not about hurting us. The training is not about, um, it, yeah, it's, it's not about tormenting us, you know, to, to learn to love others. But in dropping those weights of unforgiveness, dropping those uh, weights of, you know, not forgiving yourself. Um, so those things, those hold us down. And as we begin to let go, let go of those things, it's, we let go of those things so we can rise up in our walk with the Lord. And he does want us to come up to a higher place. There is, um, and I think even when we like drive up in the mountains, um, you know, as we're, as we're going up to higher elevations, the atmosphere does change. There, there is a change in, in just the air and, um, yeah, well, there's not as many people, but um, there is a change in the atmosphere. And that's where the Lord wants to take us. He wants to, he wants to reveal, um, he has things hidden for us, and he wants us to come to those places where they're hidden. Could you put Mark 11? Well, you're quick with that. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> it says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand to pray, if you hold anything against another, forgive it, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your trespasses as well. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of those things like, Scott talked about like father wounds. That was one of the things. It took me years to forgive, even my parents. Um, and what it is, is I think as you forgive, you actually have to forgive by faith a lot, a lot of times. Because you're not always going to feel it. I mean, I, I, sometimes, you know, things will come up. You think, oh, I've forgiven that person. And then that person's name comes up or something, and it's like you just get this. <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, oh, wow, where did that come from? I thought I forgave them. So then it's like, oh, Lord, could you forgive me? Forgive me for not forgiving them. So then you have to, by faith, go along and forgive them. 
But sometimes these father wounds keep us, like Sharon said, they're like weights. They're like chains on us that hold us down. And we're forgiving them, not because, you know, it's going to help them, although it probably could, but it's for our benefit because it is chains. Unforgiveness is a chain, is a big weight, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it can bring up all sorts of things. You know, since I've forgiven my parents, I actually had a picture, you know, I said, Lord, I want to see what Jesus looked like. So Jesus was there. I said, I want to see what the Father looks like now. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, this is, I guess you, it's not new age, but meditation. <laughs> they stole it from us, by the way. But meditation is just dwelling on something, mm. dwelling on a thought. And my thought was on Jesus. And then it was like, Lord, I want to see, I want to see Father God. And Father God, to me, looks a lot like Jesus. Mm. You know, they're a little bit different, but now I have a picture of Father God. And the picture I had was, is Father God has his hands on each side of my face gently, and he's just lifting my eyes up towards him. You know, very gentle, very nice. And uh, yeah, it took me years to get to that point. Because as you said, the father wounds. And one thing um, that I kind of, just in our walk over the years, is I've learned that, you know, as the Father is, as he's, as he's taking you step by step into a closer relationship with you, we have these, um, oh, I wish I could think of a good picture, but it's like, have you ever pulled up to um, a train where there's a train crossing and the arm comes down and stops you from moving forward? So one of the things that I've learned uh, with me is that um, when the father is getting too close to my guarded territory, you know, uh, no, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to keep them in this cage and I'm going to beat them up. And, um, but as he would get close to that, it was like this arm would come down and say, nope, you know, you, you can't get past this. And so because of his, you know, because of his patience, his kindness, his goodness, um, you know, he's, he's just, um, there's a verse, I think it's in Isaiah, where he says, come and let us reason together. And um, so there's, he he just says, you know, I want to, I want to invite you up. I want you to come closer. I want you to be closer to my heart, which, you know, I want that too, but that meant, you know, that I would have to give up. I would have to let my, my guard go. And, um, so he was just, the father is always faithful to, to reason and not force or not, uh, compel, but just, He's kind and patient and will wait for you to, to let your guard down. Can we have Luke 22? Simon, Simon. This is Jesus talking to Peter or Simon Peter. Satan is asked to sift each one of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. 
So what this tells me is, is the Lord had prayed and knew exactly what was Simon was going to do. He knew exactly. When he prayed, he already knew that Simon was going to betray him. He was going to take off. He was going to swear. But he said, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers because they all did it. Now, when you pray, picture it in your mind what you're praying for. Yeah, yeah. See it. Resolve it in your mind that the Lord wants to give it to you. Yeah. Even rehearse it. Lord, give me this to help me do this, whatever it is you're praying for. Lord, praying for my brother to get saved. Mm. Yeah. See, I see my brother as saved. Yeah. I see people I think of when I pray about them, I see them as healed. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I pray. I picture it, I rehearse it, and I can see that the Lord wants to give it to me more than what I do even. The Lord wants to heal us. Mm -hmm. It says when Jesus came in, he healed them all. That's his will. He wants all to be saved. He wants all to be healed. So when you pray, picture it in your mind what the result is going to be. Mm -hmm. Be in connection with Father God. Father, you know, my brother needs to be saved. Send workers into his path. Yeah. And see those workers come in and then talk to him. Yeah. See him as he's going about with people that come in and talk to him about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Picture it. Mm -hmm. So uh, just kind of... One of the things that I enjoy is um, there's this thing, it's called quantum physics. <laughs> it is, it's a huge, huge, huge. Einstein called it spooky science. Yes, yeah. Spook, spooky action at a distance. And there's an experiment they do, it's a pretty well-known experiment, it's called the double slit experiment, where they have... Um, they, have, they send a light, they shine a light, and it, the light goes through these two slits. And they go, okay, so when the light goes through, it should hit, hit the backboard. And this is what we think we will see, what we believe we will see. And what they found in that is that it doesn't, the particles don't always act like particles, and the waves don't always act like waves. But what they have discovered is that the observer... And you and I would be the observers. So what we expect to see is what will show up on that backboard on where the light is shining through. And so um, this is um, science of the unseen. I don't... Subatomic particles. Yes. <laughs> and so um, the science is getting to an area where they're able to, to see these things. They're able to um, study this field. And um, the more that they see it, you know, I believe that they are entering into the Father's realm, into the spirit realm. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. I was just going to say. The thing about this experiment is they also found that whatever the observer believes the particle will do is mm -hmm. what it does. If one believes one is going to, you know, that most of them are going to go through one, that's what the particles do. 
if they believe they're going to go through another, that's what the particles do. In fact, they've even found that these particles can be in two separate places at the exact same time, mm -hmm. which actually proves by science that when Jesus said that we are seated with him and we're on earth, mm -hmm. that's what's happening. When we're here praying, we're also in heaven praying. Mm -hmm. All right, we're almost out of time. Oh. So, um, just, and just another kind of a science-y thing is that, uh, you know, we are, we phase in and out of, we phase in and out of, I don't know if it's our reality or what, but, um, because we can't, we do this so quickly, it looks like a steady stream. But because we are phasing in and out, we can be here in earth and we are in heaven. We are seated in those heavenly places. And so the more that, um, for me, as I begin to, sorry, baby, we're out of time. As we're, um, as we're, as I begin to see that I'm learning that I can be in heaven and I can declare over, over our church, over our family, and um, just trust. You know, I just declare and trust. <laughs> and one other thing, binding and loosing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that we found out, um, the that binding and loosing is learned. that we learned that we have learned, because we used to pray, you know, Lord, loose money to us, loose this, and, you know, loose it in heaven. What it actually means is, is the binding isn't the binding of the enemy. What the binding is, is back in the days when Israel had slaves, after the seventh year, you had to let the slave go. But the slave had the choice. Sometimes he had good masters that were just like family. So what, if he chose to stay with the family, he would be what they call bound to the family, not as a slave, but as family. He would take an earring and they would put an earring in his ear and he would be bound to the family as family. So when you pray for something to be bound, bound in heaven and bound on earth, it is a covenant between us and the Lord. So when we bind something, the Lord is saying, okay, it is bound. It is bound to me. Lord, bind finances to me. Bind good health to me. Mm -hmm. When something is loosed, it's like digging up a rock in hard pan. If you want something loosed, gotten rid of, you have to dig it up with a pickaxe. And that's what the loosing is. Lord, loose this bad habit from me. Lord, loose this health problem from, from me. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will dig it out, and he says, okay, we're going to loose that. And it gets loosed. It gets tossed. So we did look up some more verses on just um, where Jesus said, you know, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And this is what he was referring to, was the keys of the kingdom were the binding and loosing um, authority. Yes. So, and know uh, that we have authority. We do have, yeah. Because the um, disciples, when they came back, they came back rejoicing. They're like, even the, 
the even demons. The, even the demons obey us. So, um, yeah. Yes. So we're out of time. We're out of time. One quick story. <laughs> um, back in the... Yeah. Back in the 80s, a pastor friend of ours had told us about these people that their family decided, you know, hey, we want to go somewhere in the world because we don't go anywhere. So they all decided they're going to go to Japan. So they saved money for several years and decided, you know, hey, we are going. So they took a flight to Japan. They had all their arrangements made, and they get to the hotel, and they check in, and the guy asks, hey, you need help with your luggage? No, we're good. We'll just go to our our uh, hotel room and go in. So they get to their hotel room, they go in and it's just this little room. It's got these pillows all along the wall. So they're like, well, you know, things are tight over here and we heard that, you know, their uh, the places where they live aren't very big because their land mass is small. So, you know, they stayed in this place, they used the bathroom down the hall to shower and clean up every day, and they went out every day and went on their little sightseeing tours, and on the last day on their way back, they were going to come back to their little room and rest, well, they'd lost their key, so they had to go to the hotel manager and say, hey, we lost our key, could you let us in? He goes, sure. So he walks into this room, unlocks the door, walks to the back of the room, which looked like a bamboo wall, and slides the doors open. And here's this big, giant apartment. Two bedroom, fully furnished, with TV, with a glass door in the back that leads out to this garden, this Japanese garden, where they have water flowing through it. And they were absolutely stunned. That being said, Jesus paid the price. Make sure you get what he paid for. Thanks, guys. You're going to have to retell that one again, like, next week. That was just good. That is really good. You know, that's part of why we call our church Legacy City Church. We know Jesus purchased for us an inheritance, a legacy. Bremerton is the legacy city. It has a history and it has an inheritance in it. And as believers, we have an inheritance that I believe we are yet to fully unpack. Not even fully. I mean, we've yet to just explore. Ephesians 1 says that, uh, you know, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the spiritual realm with all blessings in Christ. What does that mean? What are all these spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm and the spiritual realm? You guys said the last time you were here that you were here that you saw something that like a, a package ready to be opened up. There was a prophetic word given by Bill Johnson last year. Two different prophets had spoken to him of visions that they had seen. One vision was all of these semi trucks just stopped on the freeway and they were all full of spiritual treasure, like spiritual blessings, miracles, signs, wonders. But they were they were stopped on this freeway. And the other prophet who didn't even know about that word had a picture of all of these things in the heavenly realm being ready to be released, but they were frozen. And Bill had a, a timeline that he wanted the church to pray for. But it's just interesting to know that there is more. There's so much more that God has for us. So that's such a good word, you guys. Good word. 
we learned a little bit about the power of agreement with the binding and the loosing. That really kind of opens up my thinking more. I want to bind the word all over myself. I want to take his promises and bind them on my forehead, on my wrists. I'm just like, well, I don't want to walk around like the Jewish guys and do all that. But yeah, and I want to loose the, the garbage off the stuff of the world. So why don't we stand up? Let's do a little quick prayer. And after we pray, if you want uh, more prayer, if you need healing, if you need some, just a refreshing, if you need some impartation, these guys are going to pray for me. I don't know. I just feel like I need to ask you guys to do that. I almost knock on the Gillick's door lots of times. I'm like, you guys just come lay hands on me real quick. And, you know, I'm, I'm a weird mailman. I just go around and I'm just like, blow into that door frame as I shove the mail into the door slot. I know people are in there that are sick and I'm just like, Release it, Lord. Let, let their, yeah, whatever. Anyway, just fun. I try to have fun. The Christian life should never be boring. We should not, if you're getting bored with your Christianity, something is wrong. Okay, shake off the chains. Loosen the chains. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this day. We just bless you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus. We just lift you high. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're going to do in the days ahead. And we do just take our imaginations. We take the, the place in our minds where we can see things, and we present that to you as an instrument of righteousness. The place where you want to show us pictures, where you want to give us insight, where you want to show us that homeless person or that drug addict, what they would look like if they were a worshiper of Jesus, whole and made free. We, we give that part of us to you. And even when our eyes are open, God, we want to be able to see what you see. So we pray, Father, that you would just enlighten, enlighten the eyes of our hearts this week. Open the eyes of our hearts, enlighten the eyes of our spirit, that we may see the things that you have given us, that you want to give to us, that we would see the inheritance that, that you have for us. And we thank you that the inheritance is in the saints, it's in the people. So we want to get the gold, we want to get the treasure, and we want to bring it to you, and we want to lay it at your feet. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you